0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, final show of the week, back to the usual recording setup. Actually improved it a little bit, so hopefully it sounds even just a little bit better. We got two games over the weekend for New Orleans. We'll break those down too, but I want to go back to doing the mailbag questions for you and I've got two that I kind of want to combine in one we'll tackle that in the second segment then first segment trade stuff because David Griffin spoke to Todd Graffanini, radio voice of your New Orleans Pelicans about that Alonzo Ball rumors and all of that so we'll touch on that first talk about some of the mailbag questions in the second one that really focus on Kyra Lewis Jr. to a degree and then look towards the weekend so let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So David Griffin went on ESPN radio for the Pelican show hosted by Todd Graffanini, And he spoke kind of about some of the trade rumors and things that we've seen develop and come out over the past couple of weeks, uh, in particular the past couple of days. And look, make no mistake, there's some building up of assets going on through the media. When you heard the reports that Lonzo Ball was on the trade block alongside J.J. Redick, I do think that was David Griffin putting that out there. It's just a guess based kind of on how he's operated before and trying to send a little bit of a message to these players, particularly to Lonzo Ball to maybe say, hey, we're gonna trade you if you don't start playing better and maybe hopefully you wake him up a little bit and he plays better and he was good in the first half. So David Griffin, here's the quote from this and it goes, quote, in times like these, the fact that we're trying to build the culture around family really matters. We want to love each other enough to tell each other what we need to hear. That means you have to be honest with players at all times. I think our players trust us enough and trust this place enough to know that that's the case, that we will tell them the truth. The truth is, when you're 6-10 and 10 and struggling to finish off games and disappointed in your results, teams are going to recognize that and they're going to show interest in the players they covet. That just comes with the territory. I think to varying degrees, different players handle these things differently. Throughout my career, I've had to sit down with guys at times like this. I think you saw Alonzo Ball come out in the first half and prior to turning the ankle, he had one of the best first halves of the year. I think he just realized and compartmentalized in his situation, it's a good thing that people... Bring Up your name because it means you're coveted by other teams. I think you have to take that as a positive and understand that that's how the business works. It's quite often acquiring teams will throw your name out there and hope there's blood in the water. That's just how it goes when your results are not meeting your expectations. End quote. Well, I think he's the one throwing this out there. I'll just flat out put that out there for you all that. I think it's David Griffin giving this, giving kind of how he's operated and other things that have leaked that have come from him and a lot has before. And clearly it worked if Lonzo Ball went out and took it to heart Interesting motivational tactic, though, throwing a guy's name out there in a trade rumor, or then having like a talk with him about, well, it means you're maybe good or just go kind of prove them wrong or what have you. Um, and then he goes out and does it. Maybe sometimes that's just all it needs. But I also do think, particularly with where the Pelicans stand this season, that they really are thinking about the future, or at least they should be. When you look at this team, are they good? Like, are they good? I, I don't think so. I didn't think they were that good. I thought they were better than this going into the season. And so for them to disappoint at that, it becomes more about long-term thinking. It's not so much focusing on development versus winning, but just long-term thinking. You can still be competitive and win games and still think long-term. I think the Pelicans would like to do that. But to do that, you're probably going to need to move on from some of these guys, I think. So when you look at this Pelicans team, anyone who's not going to be here in two years is probably on the market. That means JJ Redick. That means Lonzo Ball. That likely means Eric Bledsoe as well. In theory, it could mean Steven Adams too, That I don't think anyone would really trade for him right now. So all of these rumors might be there to motivate some guys, maybe get them to play well, but also that could be to try and up their trade value just a little bit. But I can't imagine one or two games is really going to up trade value significantly. But that's kind of where this team stands right now. And You know, when you look at it, it makes sense. This is a team that should be better than they are, but it's also a team that wants to kind of grow together, I think, a little bit more, too. And that's where some of this has been a little bit disappointing. So one of the things we're going to talk about when I take two mailbag questions and kind of combine them into one ties into something that David Griffin had said, too. It's something I said on a bunch of radio and podcast stuff that I did yesterday. It's not easy to build a cohesive unit. With, uh, with within a team right now. And I said in yesterday's show, does this look like a team to you or a collection of individual talent? It feels more like individual talent and not a cohesive unit it doesn't feel or even look like a team. It's tough. You know, Kendall Baker, when he was on the show here with me of Axios Sports had said like, he's curious if teams are able to build chemistry this season, because you're on a plane, then you're stuck in your hotel room. You're not really able to hang out with one another and to kind of go through a ton of practices, practice time's limited, the offseason was shorter, are you able to really build a good defensive identity or understand each other's tendencies in that? And I don't think you necessarily are. So if you're not really able to build that a ton this year, you may as well focus on future seasons. And I think that's a big part of what New Orleans is going to start doing going forward. So when Griff says sometimes they smell blood in the water, yeah, because when you look at this team, they shouldn't be thinking about this year. They should be thinking about the long term. So there is blood in the water. In fact, it's not thinking there is or hoping there is. It is. There's blood in the water. It's that simple. It's that Pelican's red color right now. That's the blood that's in the water. And so when they move on from guys, it's going to likely be for more future assets and not for a player that maybe fixes things a little bit this year. Maybe you trade for P.J. Tucker, for Robert Covington or something like that. That's a guy that could be a bit of a difference maker for your team and make you better. Kelly Oubre Jr. But Kelly Oubre Jr., and we'll talk on him in a minute, is not under contract next season. Is he a long-term piece and is it worth giving up Lonzo Ball for something that isn't still a long-term piece or a long-term asset? I don't know. And so I think those are all kind of big things to keep in mind as we start to navigate the trade rumors, the trade waters that are starting to come out. So before we get to a couple of the mailbag questions, we're going to kind of combine them to one topic here. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by betonline.ag. Super Bowl is set. I'm excited for it because I like betting on it to make that game more interesting. Otherwise, frankly, might want to just do something else with my Sunday. Don't really care about either of the two teams in there. But I do care if I got money on the line, just like you probably do as well. And for all of the prop bets and the most fun you can make this game, you've got to check betonline.ag. It's the only place I trust when it comes to this thing. So sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use a promo code locked on and you're gonna get a fifty percent welcome bonus. It's like you've already won a bet. You're a winner. You've you've just got free money right there. Every prop bet you could want on the Super Bowl, every bet you could want on the NBA action, you think Zion's gonna go off again? I think that's that's a pretty safe bet well you can bet his points per game and his points per um, over under uh, for any contest that he's in so don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action and don't forget use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus bet online your online sportsbook experts. Go get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, so I asked for mailbag questions the other day in the wake of the postponed game, and you guys delivered. we got a bunch of really good ones. We've answered some on the show this week, and I want to keep it going today. So this first one, we're going to kind of combine two into things. This comes from Kyle Frick, Kyle underscore Frick 86, and he asks, she asks maybe, um, could lineup or rotation changes shake things up? What are some potential moves the Pelicans could make to add some front court depth and three-point shooting? I want to tackle the first part here. Could lineup or rotation changes be in the works to kind of change things? You don't want to do things just to do things at the point where the Pelicans are. You're not going to become a top eight seed. Very unlikely, I think, at this point. You're thinking long term, and that's definitely a shift you're seeing, particularly with them becoming sellers. So if you make moves, you've got to make moves with a purpose, and that's something to kind of keep in mind. Making moves just to make moves and chasing one or two more wins, what good is that going to do? You know, it's, it's what is that going to accomplish? You want to have a purpose to what you're doing here. So this season becomes as we shift into more understanding of the team about like gathering data to some degree. Right. Figuring out what works with Zion and Brandon Ingram, because those are your two core guys. No one else. You know, what what good is putting Wendy and Gabriel in the starting lineup going to do? He, he's not the answer. There's no answer on this team. Anyone you go out and get in free agency isn't going to be a big enough answer. I got asked this on the radio in Lafayette and they said, you know, what could you do to kind of change the fortunes of this team? There's not one move outside of Bradley Beal or maybe Zach Levine that can help boost the Pelicans to be in the top six in the Western Conference. The problems are that great here in terms of roster construction, making a slight little move, maybe gets you an extra win or two. But is it going to do that much? And is it worth giving up a piece for? Probably not an asset for, probably not. So making changes to the starting lineup has to be done with a specific long-term goal in mind. Just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic doesn't do anything, right? The Titanic is still going down. And that's kind of the analogy you can use here. So this comes from Darth Dandius at Darth Dandius. And it says, What is Kyra Lewis's junior player comparison floor? I've seen John Morant, that seems a little bit overzealous. And that's his question. So, if you want to get Kyra Lewis junior in the starting lineup, I think that makes sense to really see how he works with Zion, with Brandon Ingram, and that becomes one of the more important things. I was thinking a lot about this. We talked a lot about kind of what his ceiling could be. Certainly, there's some John ja Morant in them, but I think that is definitely shooting way, way too high for the type of player he could end up being. And I was trying to kind of figure out what his ceiling, in like a realistic ceiling, and Uh, is to a player that's kind of out there right now that people know. And I kind of settled on one that I could see him kind of potentially emulating his game on and that's Dennis Schroeder of the Los Angeles Lakers, formerly of the Atlanta Hawks and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Dennis Schroeder in his career has averaged 14 points per game and four and a half assists. He does this largely as kind of a guy off the bench, especially the past couple of years. He was a starter in Atlanta, then went to OKC where he came off the bench um, and basically is like a six man of the year kind of guy. And he's really good in that role. He can drive, he can attack, he can break down a defense and kick out. And he's kind of that spark plug on the bench. I think if you're looking as a cop for Kyler Lewis Jr., it'd be like a better version of Dennis Schroeder who's a starter. And at times when he was starting for Atlanta, this is dude who in his final year there averaged 19 points and 6 assists per game. That's pretty good. He's not a great three-point shooter, but I do think Higher can basically add that to it, which just makes his game even more impressive. He's just as quick as Schroeder. It looks like he should be able to defend at a reasonable level in the NBA, and Schroeder's defense is really good. But he, Schroeder's that slasher, right? He's going to drive, and he's going to attack, and he's going to be hyper-aggressive and get looks for his teammates based on that. Sounds like Kyra Lewis Jr. And while that might not be the sexiest comparison for Kyra Lewis Jr., if you get a 6 man of the year out of him, if that's his like floor or what he ends up being, it's really good. Like I would be thrilled with that at the with the 13th overall pick. You don't oftentimes find like absolute studs at that spot. So if we're looking for changes to the starting lineup, different things to happen there. Um, I do think that you're doing it with a purpose, so long-term. Is Nikhil Alexander-Walker a starter with you? Does he work in the backcourt with Kyra Lewis Jr.? So it's not just one or two tweaks. You've got to make some big changes to the rotation, big changes to the starting lineup to really kind of try and figure that out. I don't know if the Pelicans are at that point just yet. I think they'll get there eventually. We're definitely trending towards that. And if you're not there yet, can hold the line. Build that team identity get guys on the same page defensively because they are very clearly not now with the overhelp and all those other issues that are going on so I think you can watch this team kind of tread water for a little bit see okay it's definitely not happening and then pivot I don't think they're there just yet I think it's coming soon so before we preview this weekend's games, today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. Low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They got everything you want, and oh yeah, they taste really, really good. Protein bars don't normally taste good. Some of them flat out taste bad. You don't want that. Eat the thing that tastes good, right? Before your workout, take one of these. as a meal replacement for lunch. Take one of these. They come in unbelievably delicious flavors, and they have so many different flavor options that I have trouble kind of choosing my favorite. It's mint brownie right now, but that's going to switch. I tried the double chocolate the other day and oh my God, that one is the most candy bar like out of all of them. These bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They even have ones that have no nuts and are made in no nut facilities. So if you've got an allergy or anything like that, you don't need to worry whatsoever. So go check out builtbar.com use promo code locked on for 20% off your next order. That is promo code locked on for 20% off at On the Rejecting the Screen podcast feed right now, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two-part special podcast event. Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Get both parts by subscribing to Rejecting the Screen podcast feed after this podcast. So the Pelicans have a back-to-back at home in the Smoothie King Center. Definitely nice to be back home after a bunch of time on the road, I am sure. Starting it off now, the back-to-back at least, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Not the easiest team to face. Second-best record in the Eastern Conference. Two-time MVP in Giannis. He's averaging 27 points per game alongside 11 rebounds and 5.6 assists. He's still really, really good. New Orleans doesn't really have anyone who can defend him. And you're going to see a guy like Stephen Adams have his hands full with him in this one. Alongside Jackson Hayes and Zion Williamson Chris Middleton also on the wing there 22 points per game 6 assists 7 rebounds and of course the Drew Holiday the official return game he came back in the preseason this is the one where he'll get the tribute video I would hope and for the now 14,000 14, 1400 people that are there in the Smoothie King Center he should be getting a standing ovation I'm just happy to see him here I don't really have high hopes for the Pelicans in this one the the length of the Bucks really bothers Zion Williamson that's I really think the biggest way to slow him down now with a big strong body of a defender but length at all positions that just give him no room to kind of dance around and even if he dance, dances around them on route to the rim a bunch of arms there really causes him some problems I don't know I see New Orleans struggling in this one like it's the Bucks I don't really know what else to kind of say maybe them being on the road and all of the new restrictions and all that kind of factors in makes him a bit lethargic something like that but look th- that top three is as good as anyone in the league you could probably be Portis off of the bench Brooke Lopez who can stretch the court and maybe suck out Steven Adams a little bit from the paint opening it up more for Giannis is a big problem Dante DiVincenzo is just a scrappy player uh, in the starting role for them as well I don't know we, we, we can just kind of move on from this one because the more interesting game is the Houston Rockets on sun, on Saturday second night of a back-to-back so that's going to hurt New Orleans here but at least they're at home and this Houston Rockets team since trading James Harden not bad they're on a three-game winning streak Right now, And sometimes just kind of cutting the guy who added a lot of bad stuff to the team, let's call it bad vibes, something like that, can really, really help you. And you're seeing a couple of guys really take off. First and foremost is Christian Wood, who's been as good as advertised this year, former Pelican. Four, uh, 24 points per game, 11 rebounds. Look, he wouldn't have been on this Pelican's roster, but he shoots the three ball well, spaces the court, gives you scoring right inside. He's not good at defense. Zion should be able to feast down low. In this game, their defense with some of the guys they throw out there is really, really bad at times, too. Um, They've also got John Wall playing good basketball again, which has been really fun to see from him. He's averaging 18 points per game. Eric Gordon off the bench averaging 18 points per game. And Victor Oladipo in limited minutes since the James Harden trade. He's been just as good as I thought he would have been this season. 22 points per game, five assists, five rebounds. Yeah, getting rid of James Harden opened things up for them a little bit and has made them a significantly better team, I think, in one way, just because they seem happier and can kind of play a team-oriented style of basketball. This one should be a pretty tough test. This would we thought might have been a pushover after the Harden trade or while they're in the midst of all of that. Really not the case. They're a sound defensive team at times when they try. And that's kind of the big thing. It's not with their centers down low, but really with the guys out there on the perimeter that are able to give you a lot of quality minutes. When they're playing a ton of DeMarcus Cousins and Christian Wood down low, Zion should be able to do some work. But the guard play is going to really need to elevate their game here to try and break down this defense a little bit because they've got good guys on the perimeter who can definitely defend. And that's, I think, really where this one is going to come down to it. But New Orleans should be able to feast on the glass. The... uh, Uh, The the Houston Rockets, there we go, are not a good uh, rebounding team, whether it's defensive or offensive. So if New Orleans is looking to get those easy second chance points, they should have a chance in this one. So if the offense sputters a little bit, look for a lot of tip-ins from Steven Adams for Zion Williamson to kind of clean up his own misses there too. And it means you should be able to stay in this game. I think there is a chance New Orleans probably loses to the Bucs but can beat the Houston Rockets, which I think is starting to make this homestand. Pretty successful. So I'm excited for these two back-to-back games and to see if that win the other night over the Wizards can really kind of spark New Orleans to something. Or do they potentially just go on to full-on thinking for the future mode? No update, by the way, on Lonzo Ball. Last I saw, he was listed as questionable. I think it's one of those things where he's probably likely going to play. He didn't need to come back in the game, um, and he should be good to go. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Enjoy the games this weekend. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday.